This is Joe Basso with Music Radar, the place for music makers, and I'm speaking with Brent Hines from Mastodon. Brent, how you doing? I'm doing good. Fantastic, man. Mastodon's new record is called Crack the Sky, and as is the case with all of the band's records, it's quite the opus. Yeah, you know, we try. Yeah, you try, all right, man, and succeed. Quite an experience. How how you feeling with this record? I love it. I think it's it's fun. It's a cosmic. I really like it. You know, it's a, it's 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 funner to play and listen to than all of our other albums. I think. Why do you think? Probably because I wrote most of the music, and it just just easier for me to play music that I wrote. That way, I don't have to worry about remembering something that someone else wrote. Uh, that's probably why it's funner for me. And I get to sing a lot on it, and I don't have to scream, so it's funner for me to sing and not scream. It really hurts my throat when I scream. I when do, I sing, it's fun. It well, feels better. I do notice that, as opposed to uh, previous records, yes, you are singing more, and there is more elaborate vocal harmonies. Was that by design? Was that from working with Brendan O'Brien? What brought yeah, that Yeah, we never tried it before, you know? We never... We never even knew that we were capable of doing vocal harmonies. And then Brendan was like, well, right here, just why don't one of you guys try this with your voice and and, and they'll harmonize. And we were like, oh, that's fucking cool, man. That sounds neat. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> now, have you been rehearsing live? I mean, how's that going to go down on stage? Oh, yeah. I'm putting on my pants right now, heading out the door in the pouring down rain here in Atlanta, Georgia, on my way to my practice pad to meet the guys and go over the new album. We're getting ready for our tour starting April 9th in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. That's where I'm from, so all my mm-hmm. family's going to be there. So we have to be extra awesome on that day. <laughs> so I'm going down to the practice pad every day, trying to get it together so it would be super awesome. I mean, it's already coming together really good. It's just that we, we kind of we tend to over-practice, you know. I mean, we, we don't really have day jobs anymore because of the band, so we, we just pretty much just go down there and practice, even though if we need to or not, you know. What was your day job before the band? I was a carpenter. I was oh, really? Fr- framed houses. Oh. Remodeled houses. It's well, pretty much the only job for scumbags around in this town. I'm sure being in Mastodon sure beats that. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I was in Mastodon while I was framing houses also, of course. And, you know, I, I never really knew how challenging it was until now. Like, looking back in the day, I used to get up real early and go frame houses all day long and then go meet the guys for band practice and have band practice until like, you know, one or two in the morning and then go and then do that for, you know, do that for several months on end and then we'd go on tour. And then when we went on tour, it was like vacation, you know. So I think that's why I still like going on tour. I just look at it like a big vacation. <laughs> you know, we get to play one show every night. And and then, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty low-key, you know, as long as you can get the... Uh, the interviewers who to keep the interviewers at bay and then no 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 offense but i'm just saying uh you know understand like the only kind of thing that's a it's kind of like um a bum out on tours like when you gotta talk to this dude at, at two, two o'clock and it's like man i only went to sleep at six and i'm still asleep you know you know so i'll do like interviews in my bunk like half asleep where uh you know, it's it's definitely it, it beats the hell out of out of framing houses. And every time I, every time I have to do something, like yesterday, I had to wake up kind of early and go meet the guys for lunch for like 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 noon, and like and meet some Warner Brothers people. And it was April Fool's Day, April first, so 
So I went all the way down there. You know, I didn't want to go down there, but I got my lazy ass up out of bed, took a shower, put my clothes on, went all the way down there. And the and the meeting had been canceled, and I didn't get any any memo about it or anything. And I was like, that's the best April Fool's joke anyone's ever played on me. But uh, other than that, yeah, it's, it's it kicks the shit out of building houses. And you were looking forward to a, living. And you were looking forward to a free lunch, and then that got all blown. Yeah, man, I was really looking forward to some good, you know, some lunch downtown. I don't know, maybe a restaurant I've never been to or something. <laughs> they'll be, make it up to me. They'll make it up to you, I'm sure. Well, before <laughs> we get back into the record, I have to ask: You've come back from a pretty heavy experience at the um, MTV Awards several years ago. You were beaten up pretty badly. What what happened there? What were the circumstances? I was like, like I was having like a drinking contest, kind of like with Dave Grohl, and we were like turning up the Crown Royal bottle, and we were in one, and then Dave would turn up the Crown Royal bottle, and I would try to count to fifteen to see if he could, you know, last fifteen seconds chugging on whiskey, and then and then and then I would do it, and then back and forth, and we would, you know, I don't think any of us ever made it to fifteen, but we just got basically, I just got shit faced with a. Uh, with a bunch of my friends. Okay. And then I was on top of the world, and I just played with the Foo Fighters, and I was in a really good mood. And we were at the Mandalay Bay, and we all jumped in the fucking pool. You're not supposed to do that. And then so, like, running from the security people, running through the Mandalay Bay, like, with my shirt off, like, swinging it around my head, and accidentally popped this guy with my shirt. And then, and that's and that's how. And it wasn't Shabo Adashian. It was his friend, William Burke. And uh, I accidentally like, popped him with, the, with, the, with my wet shirt. And uh, he he did not like that ah. at all, so he tried to end my life over it. Oh boy! And you got uh, so. you got pretty effed up, huh? Yeah, I was totally messed up. I was like, I was down for a while, about eight nine months. Just totally, <laughs> where am I? <laughs> What's going on? But you're you're okay now. Everything's everything's all everything's yeah. all right. Yeah, I'm all good now. Did kind of gave me a gave me a little. Made me made me have a better lust for life and appreciate my life more, you know, and uh, it made me want to play guitar better and more and made me just want to create more music is pretty much all it really did to me. You and I spoke several years ago when you did Blood Mountain, and you were pretty honest about creating that record that smoking weed was a pretty big part of the creative process. Yeah, I mean, that's the same way this album came out of me, too, just sitting on my couch getting high you know playing acoustic guitar that was gonna around and you're sitting around a pair, comfy pair of flannel house pants you know but uh that's pretty much the way i write all our albums or anything i write for the band i, I usually end up writing like you know sitting around in sweatpants and like you know not really some kind of like subconscious streaming like you know like a, you know uncolor and uh you know no you're not really aware that you're creating anything you're just kind of doodling around and then savoring ideas and oh I like what that sounded I don't think I'll keep that what so, you looking for sir so what I'm getting at is the near death experience you had didn't stop your your weed intake no no unfortunately not unfortunately nothing can stop me <laughs> from smoking weed and drinking beer I wish something could maybe could it, it definitely could you know I didn't smoke weed for several months after the incident or drink any alcohol for several months after the incident you know yeah but uh that was doctor's orders but then as soon as i felt like i could handle some beer and some weed you know i took it upon myself to to roll some roll one up and 
and pop a pop a top again. But you know, I mean, I definitely did. The whole thing did slow me down a little bit. I don't get as fucked up as I used to. I'm kind of enjoying water and and tea nowadays. You know, that's kind of what? rare. <laughs> I usually only would just only drink strictly beer like all the time. But now I like to drink tea when I wake up and not beer, and I like to. You know, I, I, I drink water during band practice, you know. Yesterday we had a celebration in band practice and we all drank beer, but, like, you know, because Bill, Bill had a problem, too, with, with yes. pretty much, you know. So so we're we're all trying to trying to realize that we're not superhuman. It's hard to realize you're not superhuman when everything's going your way and, and the band's really doing really well and all the shows are sold out and you're kicking ass all over the world, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Now, let me ask you, I am fascinated by the fact, I mean, because your songs are so complex and and, and so complex guitar-wise that you compose on an acoustic. Yeah, man, it's really simple. Like, you know, the acoustics, just like any other guitar, it has a, you know, 22 scale fret and six strings going across it. It's just like playing electric guitar. No, but playing an acoustic is harder in in some aspects than playing an electric you know you have to really dig down and fret whereas playing an, an electric with you know lighter gauge strings you know your fingers can fly yeah. more well i mean not, my my acoustic is a martin d15 and it plays really well you don't really have to there's no more effort taken to play that guitar than there is playing my any of my electric guitars because when i play electric guitar now i play a 12 string electric guitar right so that's harder to play than my acoustic but um i just like the way it sounds and uh you know uh it, i think it's actually for me it's easier to to create on the acoustic guitar than the electric guitar sometimes i'll come up with my my heavier riffs on the electric guitar you know just standing around the practice pad waiting on somebody to get done peeing or whatever but you know it, to me it's really not harder i think i would i would say that it's easier when you write songs how do you demo them do you have a home system? Do you work on GarageBand, uh, Logic, anything like that? If I can't remember what I wrote, then I don't. Then it's not worth remembering. So that's how I demo my songs. I don't record them at all. I don't uh, GarageBand them or or, or 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 what they call that other thing, Pro Tool them. I just remember them, and then I go to the practice pad and I show the rest of my bandmates what I've written, and then we all just kind of start learning what I've written. You know what I mean? Some other guys in the band that do they do what's it called uh, Pro Tool their songs like Bill he'll write something and he'll Bill Bill write something and have it all Pro Tool together like here's my song I wrote on a CD you know right. but I'll just be like with my you know with my hands like here's the song I wrote and I'll show you on guitar I guess I don't, I don't really know how to I'm kind of computer retarded so <laughs> but, Bill's, but, Bill's a little bit more savvy but I'm astounded I mean with, with how how long and how complex your songs are I mean you don't even put them on a cassette I don't know when to stop I just don't know when to stop my songs were longer and more complex than any song on the album but they all got edited down to what they are there because I just don't know when to quit I just I'll just keep I just like to keep writing and writing and writing until I have too much material that way you know, can whittle it down and make it really awesome. Let's talk about the record. Now, you worked with Brendan O'Brien, and as I understand it, this kind of came about through Max Weinberg's son, who recommended Brendan to you guys. Yeah, yeah, Jay Weinberg, he's a really good friend of ours, and he's actually playing with the E Street Band now. 
Exactly. Because his dad is not feeling well or something like that. No, his his dad's got to do the Conan gig, so Jay's got to take over for a little bit. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't really know what the facts are, but I just know that he's not... He's not, you know, that Jay's playing with him now. So I'm really proud of Jay. We all, I mean, you know, Jay's such a sweet kid. Yeah, yeah. And he's been there since the beginning, you know, and like <clears throat> he's just a really big fan. And then, and then, and then uh, he introduced me to his dad, and me and his dad were really, were really into horror movies. So me and Max, me and Max hit it off really well, like really fast about horror movies. We we're just pretty much you sit around and talk about Creature from the Black Lagoon all the time, and then and so wait, that, wait, wait, that wait. made me and Max really tight. And then, you know, I don't know, we just became friends. It was like kind of instant, instant magnetism. And then I guess Max was like, "Man, you got to get this band on our show, Mastodon." And I guess Conan was like, "Okay, I don't know. I don't really know how it happens." So wait, so you sit around and watch horror movies with Max Weinberg? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean he's really into it, and so am I. I mean we're we're super into it. I mean, you should see my house. It's like you know horror movie memorabilia station. That's always his house. It's always good to have that in common with somebody. So other than the recommendation, what made you decide to go with Brendan O'Brien? He is also um, here in Atlanta, and we're here in Atlanta. And then we met him, and we had a really good, uh, got along really well. We had good charisma together. He was just kind of seemed like one of us, kind of a kind of fast and witty, you know. So I don't know. We we really got along well, and then and then he plays guitar really awesome. He's really good on guitar, and he's really good on on keyboards, and he's just super talented and super funny and awesome and. And we we want to work. We want to work with people that are more like us as people. You know what I mean? We love working with Matt Bayless, but he's nothing like us as a person. Right. So that was cool. You know, that way we really got a lot done a lot faster when you're really more like-minded. You, you just you just think the same way. And every time you know Brendan would say something, I was like, I was I was thinking the same thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> now traditionally, when I think of Brendan O'Brien, I think of really tight records tight songs, that kind of thing. He's kind of the last guy that I would think of that would work with a band that would have these epic songs. How did he work with Well, we liked that about him, too. We we liked the fact that he was not up our... In, we, he loved the challenge of working with a metal band that he's never worked... Well, he's never... He, he, he loved the challenge of working with a band that was so heavy that he's never worked with a band that heavy before. Right. And we love the challenge of working with someone that's only worked with, like, basically pop stars. Yeah. And, although, uh, although he has and, done... And not although, to mention wait, Brendan's oh. extensive collection of vintage gear, that, you know, that was a big that was a big part of us saying, yes, let's work with this guy. Although he has done King's X, I was about to say. King's X, yeah, he's done King's X, but King's X is... Nowhere, nowhere near as heavy as Mastodon. No, no, they're, they're, no, they're, they're, you guys are heavier. Now, now, <coughs> tell me what it was like going into Brent O'Brien's toy room, as it were, his, his oh, amp man. collection, his guitar collection. What did, what did you Pretty go much. for? I went for a lot of the Fender combo amps, a lot of the uh, smaller Fender combo amps, and then I went for a lot of the uh, older JMP Plexi Marshall heads. He, he's got so many cool amps and, and guitars. I mean, he literally has millions of dollars worth of cool old right. vintage amps and cool old vintage guitars. So I went, I went for a lot of the, uh, I went for a lot of the twelve strings and a lot of the acoustics. I'm more of an acoustic. I like acoustics a lot. I'm not. I like, of course, I like the electric guitar, but I'm more. If I was going to choose to play guitar, I would choose to play acoustically. 
so you know, and a lot of the stuff I write is is very geared towards the acoustic guitar. Yeah, I, I just I just tried to dig in there and get. I wanted to play everything he had, but it would take me years to do that. He has so many guitars: Tellys, Strats, Flying oh, V. Yeah, just, you can't even really name them all. I mean, he, he's just he's got he's got pretty much the perfect guitar collection. One day, I'll I'll get there one day. But now there's one song on the record called uh, "The Czar." It sounds like you're playing an Ebo. I am playing an Ebo on a 12-string. Ah, okay. On a 12-string? Yep. Was that a suggestion from Brian, or did you come up with uh, no, Bre- Brendan, was, or did, did you come up with that yourself? That was, just, that was just my idea. Brendan would do stuff like this. He would be like, just sit in this room and play guitar for me, okay? And I was like, what do you want me to play? He's like, just play anything. I don't care what you play. Just, I'll be back. I got to go meet my daughter for lunch. Just sit in this room. <laughs> And play guitar for me, okay? I'm gonna and I'm gonna run this dat tape and I'm gonna record everything you do. So he would just he would put me in a room for hours and I would just I'd just be in that room playing guitar. And and then out of that he would take some of the uh, he would take some of the excerpts of that and and kind of manipulate it and turn some of it backwards and that's where he came up with a lot of that uh, airy like psychedelic really you know, ethereal type of guitar sound was through me just kind of spacing out, stoned up in a room, you know? Yeah, yeah. Each Mastodon album has focused on kind of a specific element. Fire, water, earth. Oh, there goes a siren in your background. Yeah, I live in Atlanta, and I... Danger around every corner. There you go. On, On all your albums, you kind of deal with a specific element. Yeah, we have so far, but we've already, uh, we've tapped our resource on that. We've already, we, we just did our fifth element, so I think we're going to move on to something else now. In the best way possible, can you explain, and, and I know this might be hard because it's pretty out there, the storyline behind Crack the Sky? Oh, uh, it's not hard for me to explain it, but um, it might be hard for you to understand it. Uh, it it's a... Uh, it kind of starts out with a with a paraplegic boy who uh, who has astro uh, outer body experience and starts to astro travel and he has a golden umbil- umbilical cord that binds him to the earth and he he flies too close to the sun and it burns the golden umbilical cord off of his uh, solar plex and then he he drifts off into the into the astral astral world and ends up in the uh, in an occult and. Uh, in, in the center of the Callistes in Tsaristic Russia, and he, and uh, and there's an, and the divination saves him. Like the and the, they take him away from there, and he ends up in Rasputin's body, and Rasputin has to take him back to his to his paraplegic body in order for him to survive and not die in his sleep. So so uh, Rasputin's like the martyr. So in order for Rasputin to take him back to his body, Rasputin has to die. So finally gets him back to his body, and when he wakes up, he's not a paraplegic anymore. Wow. Well, uh, that's pretty crazy. That's quite a story. Yeah, I could have made it longer, but that's the condensed version. You're definitely smoking weed when you're writing this, right? Oh yeah. Well, well I mean, I've, I, I've been smoking weed since I was a kid. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see myself. I smoked some weed the other day that was so good that I almost quit smoking weed. But that's about. <laughs> That's about the um, I did actually quit smoking weed for like a week. It was so good. The weed, the weed just destroyed my brain, and I, and I, I had to like go home and lay down. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this stuff also is not, you know, 
weed induced, a lot of this stuff is induced by our dreams that we'll have. And we have such bizarre dreams that I make, you know, me and Braun have such bizarre dreams that we'll make them into songs. We'll make the dreams of our, we'll make the, the lyrics out of the dreams. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Are you, are you like, like the running? other day I had a dream, I had a dream that we were smoking a pig and we rolled the pig like a big joint and then, but the, but then we, after the pig was roasted and we poured like acid and, and ecstasy and, and, and karate and kung fu all into the, the marinade of the pig and then smoked the pig overnight and came back the next day and ate the pig and then we all fought and karate battled. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you can't, you can't. You can't make stuff up that you can't make stuff up like that. You have to dream stuff up like that. No, you can't, dude. Are you like taking a shower while we're talking? I'm driving down the road in my 1969 Ford pickup truck on the way to band practice, and it's raining like a monsoon. Oh, okay. It's a tarantula downpour. Holy cow! Well, I, I give you points for effort there, man. Oh uh, yeah, you gotta do. You gotta do. Like so, I said, it's better than it's better than flaming houses. What's interesting is, you know, you guys are a southern rock band, but you're not a southern rock band. There has not been a southern rock band like you guys. Well, they just say that because I'm from Alabama and Troy's from Atlanta and we play in a rock band, you know, but but Bill and Troy are from wintry, you know, Rochester, man. They're from they're from the Iceland. Yeah, you know, I mean we're half and half, you know. We combine forces with the North to make the Mastodon. Are there any uh, instruments or uh, pieces of gear that Brendan O'Brien introduced you to that you're going to be taking out on tour with you? No, uh, I'm just going to be playing my Marshall Stacks, you know, and uh, I play, I play through Fender, I play through Fender Twin Reverbs with Marshall Stacks now to give it more of a clean texture instead of such a, uh, a distorted sound. And I, I play through two 15s now instead of all 12. I have two 15s with, let's see, the eight. 20-something 12-inch speakers. I got a wall. I have a wall, a big wall of amps now. You know what I mean? Um, before I was just using half stacks because I didn't, we only had room for half stacks. But now that uh, the the Mastodon machine is getting larger, it allows the stage to become larger, which allows me to have more amps on the stage. That's about the only thing I've changed. So no, I wanted it that way in the first place. <laughs> one song that sticks out on the record is Quintessence. Which sounds like yeah. pretty much kind of like a party song in a way. Yeah, man, it was party. I was uh, sitting around playing my guitar and wrote it. You know, I don't know. I just wrote it. I uh, I don't I I, can't, I don't know what brings these things about. You know, I just know that that I filter them through through the universe somehow. They the song come and, comes and visits me because I play guitar all the time. And if you're playing guitar, you're spending a lot of time with the guitar. Then something is bound to happen. I play guitar to impress not only other people, but to also impress myself, you know? Right. That's how a lot of that stuff comes about. You know, if I, if I think it's difficult to play and I'm and I'm writing it, then that's a good sign for me. You're going to be going out on tour with Metallica soon. Yeah. Have you ever played with them before? Yeah, this will be our second time to tour with them. We did a, we did a European tour with them in 2007, which was really amazing. And we had a good time. Met, met met the Metallica guys. They were super, 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 super nice to us. And uh, and we became friends with them. So you know, me and Kurt talk all the time on the phone. And you know, like they just, they're just super cool dudes. They're, they're playing the world's biggest metal band. They obviously have good taste. So I mean, they take. I think they take really good bands out. 
<laughs> so last question. If Dave Grohl ever challenges you to another drinking contest, uh, what are you going to do? He already did. Me and him have the same birthday, and me and him had another drinking contest on our birthday at the Medieval Times in, in Anaheim, California, and I beat him. No way. You were at Medieval Times with Dave Grohl? Yeah, Dave Grohl, John Paul Jones from Left Zeppelin, Jack Black, uh, Queens of Stone Age, Allison Chains, Corrosion Conformity, Tool. We were all hanging out uh, on my birthday and Dave's birthday. We had a little birthday shindig at Medieval Times. It was awesome. At, all at Medieval Times? So you're like watching people joust and stuff? Yeah, man. It was, I've never been there before. I really had a good time. Oh, my God. Super fun. Well, good times there, man. Hey, thank you very much for spending some time with me. Well, thank you for giving a shit. You know, thanks for wanting to talk to me. This is Joe Basso from Music Radar. <laughs> the place for music makers and i've been speaking with brent hines from mastodon brent thank you yeah. brent thank you very much well thank you and be safe and continue to enjoy the album drive safely there in the rain all right man bye all right take care bye bye <laughs>